So, thank you for your questions, comments. So, first question, whenever I tell someone about my worries or problems, I'll be told to think positive. Does positive thinking accord with the teaching of the Buddha? Is positive thinking made of lies? Well, <laughs> thinking is a, a tricky medium. Well, uh, thinking may not necessarily be connected to the heart. You know, right? You can think anything. You can read something off a screen. It will be. You'll think it. You know. You read it. It will happen. Thinking will happen. So the important thing is to connect it to the heart. You know, when the heart is feeling worried or has problems, it won't be a particularly happy um, state. <laughs> so you can't say be positive mm. uh, or think positive. Mm. But you can, okay, let's just, the first positive thing is just, just be clear and be honest what's happening. So that's you could say this positive is better than lying, isn't it? So feeling upset, worried, distressed. Mm. That's what I'm, that's what that's what's happening. All these you know, memories and irritable voices coming up. So then you say, well, hmm, how does all that feel? Pretty unpleasant, I expect. And so then. The really wise response is, well, let's listen to that with them. Perhaps, uh, what what does that need? Mm. All that worry and agitation and tension, and am I good enough? And am I doing the right thing? And people are complaining about me, and I'm complaining about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does all that whining, <laughs> muttering need? <laughs> Probably needs a good, warm listening to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how's it feel in the body? Mm. When you feel it in your body, a disturbing a tension in your throat or your abdomen or your chest, or feel restless and fidgety or shrunk and contracted, tense and tight. And, you know, what does that need? So don't don't answer the question because you'll just be thinking it. But have that question happening in a in a curious and encouraging way. Like, please, well, tell me, do do what you need. What, show me what you need. Ask the body, ask the heart. Show me what you need. Maybe we'll just sigh. Maybe the body will sit up. Maybe it will move around a bit or. Yeah, I need some space. Yeah, I need some out breath. I need, uh, you know, I need to stand on my own two feet. I need to, yeah, I need to actually see where I'm at and resist these difficult people's opinions and views and be clear about what's important for me. So you're starting to get your truth 
And the truth is not a lifetime experience, but the truth now is really the true response to feeling worried or having problems, a heart response. It doesn't mean, oh, now is the great plan, I will do this and do that. No, that that's thinking. The first thing is just get the heart responding. That's definitely the Buddhist approach. And once you get that sense of I need space, I need energy, I need to be listened to, I need to clear, firm, whatever, then then you can start to think what what actually in the current situation, how would that how would that happen? What would that mean? What would that how would I follow that that clue from my heart? Because these are it's 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 Sometimes it's, you know, it's not so easy to to know the truth. You've got, to, you've got to negotiate. You can't come up with a sort of crystal clear plan. But you can start to think, oh, less of that and more of that. Um, that feels better. And then, yes, that's slower rather than faster, or faster rather than slower, or with somebody else or on my own. It's, you keep asking what feels right. And that... Um, that's the way I would recommend. Mm. And you get to know. You get to know who you are. And how to work with it. Because you're not what you should be. You're not some idea. You're not a social model. You're a living organic mystery that needs to be referred to, asked, and listened to respectfully. And you're the one who needs to do that. You can't expect other people to do it. <laughs> they may do, but the most important one is you. <laughs> so, another question. A person has been practicing with a Satipatthana Sutta. Satipatthana Sutta is called the Sutta on the Establishment of Mindfulness. Um, they've been practicing with this as a guide which they find very helpful in daily life mindfulness however off and on I get confused about the internally and externally parts with each of the fields of awareness now if you're familiar with this sutta well actually there's many many Satipatthana suttas but the two major ones that most people are familiar with it's called the shorter one and the longer one. Uh, and the shorter one's in the middle length sayings. And this, um, both of them are pretty much the same, except the longer one, get it, it's longer. They add a whole new section section on the end of it. Anyway, it's it's a kind of formulaic thing. And with each, you've got the four establishments, which is body, feeling, chitta and dhamma. Chitta, I've talked about heart, awareness, that which is affected and responds. People often translate this as mind, but I tend to find the word heart seems a bit closer. Dhammas mean the phenomena that the heart is engaged with, either stuck with in a negative way or engaged with in a positive awakening way. So this is the kind of the real nitty gritty of, of, of awakening or confusion. Anyway, these four establishments. 
And one of the phrases that used with each of these, because there's a certain repeated refrain, is one contemplates body in body internally, externally, and together, internally and externally. And it also says one contemplates feeling internally, externally, and both. And the same thing with chitta, and the same thing with dhamma. So the person saying, well, what is this internally, externally thing? Um, and yeah, because it doesn't explain it. Um, and often as the commentaries often suggest that this means internally means yourself and externally means other people. You know, I'm here, they're out there. Um, I found this understanding rather unsatisfactory because I really don't know what other people's feelings are. Um, and I really don't know what other people's hearts are experiencing. So I can't really be mindful of other people's feelings because I don't know what it is. I can guess, but sometimes the problem is, as you all know, you get it wrong. You don't read other people's feeling. Uh, so I don't find this particularly um, useful. So the, what I find more useful, and I'll try to take it slowly. So internally, externally, body. Mm. <laughs> and this is this kind of refrain. Now if you look in these suttas, just to add a little bit more, uh, they have all kinds of bits and pieces in there, but there's another big collection of Satipatthana suttas, which is in the collected sayings. And all these are different. And we notice that in the long version, they've added on a whole section called Dhamma. So these suttas have been kind of gathered together and sort of like pasted together. And if you look in the Sangyuta, you don't see anything on mindfulness of breathing as associated with this particular teaching. Also, you don't see anything on the parts of the body or the cemetery contemplations. So it seems the original stuff was much more just presence of body, presence of feeling, presence of chitta, presence of dhamma. You know, that's it. And these other bits have been kind of tacked on to kind of fill it out. But a little bit distracting, I think, because... You, know, you contemplate the body externally what's touching the body that's what do I feel is outside my body touching me in other words what's happening in my skin you know um, sharp objects warmth cold rain um, walking on the ground feeling you know earth beneath my feet that tells me yeah I'm, a, I'm the body and it's in a world around me right could be pleasant, could be unpleasant, probably moderate. That's, I would say, contemplating the body externally. Contemplating the body internally is, what well, the kind of, do I feel tense or relaxed or agitated or jet-lagged, drowsy, vibrant? These are internal qualities um, in other words, nothing really to do with tactile impressions. These could be just because I didn't sleep well last night or because I've had some good news, I feel really up. And the body's feeling this. So and then you can contemplate because usefulness of that <laughs> is, of course, this experience of, of how the body's affected very much is, that, is a very significant feature for how we generate our reality. 
So we say, you know, if I'm feeling something around me, that's the world. Mm. Yeah, that's the world. It's out there, and it's whatever, it, whatever the ta- whatever the impression is, that tells me the world. Um, and what the internal impression is, that tells me me. And no, they don't. You can be walking on something that your foot feels is quite solid. But it's actually only a, you know a four-inch wide plank, <laughs> uh, so it's not as secure as it seems. Um, for example, and internally you might the, uh, the most significant because this is very much associated with uh, states of heart. If I feel irritable. Probably there's a strong effect internally in my body. If I feel pleased to see you, what happens? Generally the energy rushes up to my my face, I light up, my chest opens, sense, oh, it's great. That happens there. Feeling frightened, everything closes down and contracts internally. This is the internal body, we call it the subtle body, because you can't see it with your eyes. It's not physical, it's an energetic experience of energies moving and it's not me now, it feels like me that's what we call it but actually it's it's an energetic process so you contemplate this this is what's happening and then for sure you know this is the direct present actuality so i'm not just buying into my thoughts and i'm not distracted i'm really in touch with what's actually happening directly affecting this embodied state and this is important to know because um, when we track down that list from body feeling which is the internal based feeling this is agreeable or disagreeable or the externally based feeling that's disagreeable or agreeable you know feels agreeable to my my body I tend to move towards it that's a pleasant touch or that's rough, or that's too hot, or it's pleasantly warm. Yeah? So it very much... And what's all this doing? It, the feeling quality is stirring the chitta. Right? Stirring the chitta. Right? So if it's agreeable, yes, more, this is comfortable, I'll, have, I'll stay with this. Unpleasant, no, get me away from this, don't want this. Yeah? Very important to know that. Because this is the basis of both your sense of where you're at and also what you're going to do, how your reactions occur. Right? Now, if you don't really know what you're feeling internally because you're thinking about something else, you're not really living a very accurate, authentic life. You're, you're in a daydream. Uh, And sometimes you can just be trying to feel good. So I'll try to put a positive face on things, but actually I feel pretty nervous and depressed or agitated. But I shouldn't be this way. I should be more positive and confident. So I'll just try to pull myself out of it. Um, Then you get this lot of internal conflict between what you think you should be and what you actually experience. I suggest in the previous question, a Dhamma Dhamma practitioner wants to know how she or he is actually experiencing things. Then I can deal with it. If I'm feeling nervous and lacking confidence, 
at least if I know it, I can go to it and start to say, okay, this knee is just a little bit more breathing out, steadying my mind. It's not self, it's just an energy. There's nothing wrong with me, it just needs to be managed. I'm a human being and I can work with it. So I know what's happening internally and therefore the chitta starts to respond to that experience rather than being fake or closing down. I can't bear this, so I just close down. I go numb because I'm not actually handling the reality of what's happening internally. Okay, so, you know, this is daily life practice. We look in the Satipatthana Sutta, you see these suttas, you see nothing there that says you just do this sitting still. In fact, it says things to the contrary, when walking, standing, leaning, inclining, scratching, eating food, defecating, one practices this. So... Yeah. what's happening internally what's happening externally physically, bodily in terms of feeling and in terms of chitta now chitta can be sensed internally that is uh, what's, the, what's the quality of heart right now is it and then the satipatthana begins to list this is it affected by agitation or worry or aversion or the opposite is it contracted this means the heart actually can can feel tight as we know that's a contracted heart or is it uncontracted feeling open we know that is it uplifted expansive free from hindrances or not so so you contemplate this the internal aspect is actually talking about the very qualities of heart. And this can be through directing the heart towards internal processes, such as one's breathing, or to an external process, such as a recollection of the Buddha, or a great friend, or a source of something that arouses compassion. You direct it externally, and that quality, then Chitta picks that up. Very useful to know this. So internally, externally. Externally directing it towards not to just what I'm feeling in myself, but also this is another person, she's suffering, therefore I'm affected by that. I practice, that's practice. Uh, you know, and then admirable people, I can bring them to mind and feel a sense of resonance and gladness that's very important externally and of course jitter also responds so how does the jitter respond internally does it feel shocked uh, unsettled or stabilized and then what does it do externally what kind of volition what kind of impulses do i put out what kind of aims and directions does my jitter extend Hmm. i contemplate that do i extend care and concern do i extend uh, resistance do i extend ill will or do i extend non-ill will so contemplating what the jitta extends 
that's the external response internal response the jitta feels comfortable assured or nervous or distracted therefore you contemplate these qualities of chitta and the nature of this particular theme in this whole teaching is the word I I don't think even occurs so it's very much this is not self this is not some kind of person it's just a readout from moment to moment about what is actually happening in the present in the reality in the actuality rather than in the world it should be and what I hope I was and what I fear I was and what other people say I am what I think other people say I should be which is just you know <laughs> where's that going to take you you're losing your presence yeah. and if that's occurring which it probably does from time to time you say, well actually wait a minute what's happening internally feel really foggy and confused mm. okay right now what's needed internally what do you know for sure I know I'm here I know I'm breathing I know I'm you know there's this okay externally I know I'm walking up and down I'm walking along there's that nice steady you know I'm on the planet I'm not woo out somewhere in the in the cybersphere or in some theory so it just helps us to get into the present reality and that means we, should, we begin to kind of sort of drop off like erase all these self-views that can occur I am this, I am that what are you talking about? <laughs> I am this, I am that what you're experiencing is doubt probably or feeling of inadequacy like so everybody does that, sure Okay, that's not some personal statement. That's just a piece of chitta weather, climate change moving through. So what, what's needed? Now this is then we see this is where the dhammas come in. The dhammas mean those phenomena that circulate around and, and tether the chitta or liberate it. So the quality of doubt or ill will kind of constricts the jitta either because we feel ill will towards ourselves so internally I just feel a sense of sourness and pointlessness and uselessness and inadequacy in my life dumb as internally or as these stupid irritating people always let you down that's externally right? <laughs> and then we make our world out of these phenomena they are very important foundational experiences for what we call our world. And if you say, if you're handling them, you're handling the reality of your world and yourself. And you're dismantling, you know, the bondage that locks them into some abiding reality that's always unsatisfactory. So I'm not that rather you know, inadequate person, I'm just experiencing inadequacy. <laughs> and I'm responding to it. <laughs> I say, well, what do you expect? <laughs> what do you what do you think? What do you what, what do you what, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and let's just get this is good enough. This is good. It's contentment. So then these skillful dhammas arise 
through, through directly relating to, to what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So this is a wonderful uh, uh, key, in my opinion. And um, anyway, that's the kind of outline. Uh, and hopefully, if you just take some notes on this and start to, you know, um, practice it and flesh it out in terms of your own experience, and I hope it will certainly be a very, very interesting guide and um, something you can develop and make great use of. Okay, so person's been, <laughs> this is a nice one, working on meeting, opening and releasing with a sympathetic attitude. I've noticed some joy arising areas of the body, namely the upper torso. So the person is cultivating inner peace, global peace and harmony, and meeting others with a kind and open heart, yet. When sudden expected happenings arise, I'm very quick to enter into defensive mode, and I'm grateful that only I can hear what unkind words come out of my mouth. (laughs) For example, they were out on an errand, came to a to a turning and a woman driving in a car came towards, didn't stop at the stop sign, nearly hit me as I drove off she gave me a bad look, I have to say I was also looking at her in a way that was questioning her actions, so I said some unkind things that caused me to doubt myself so I feel some shame Um, (laughs) that's the way that's the way it goes (laughs) Praying for global peace and harmony, but there's this irritating person that you meet in the street <laughs> who's a complete idiot. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's that's the test, isn't it? I know it's lovely, you know, to pray for and hope and, and get some sense of joy. Of course, this is beautiful. And then we have to keep meeting these challenges where stuff is very, very annoying and irritating and saddening and you know what do you do about it and probably the likelihood is you will the first thing you do is react that's the first thing you do because that's the thing that is the easiest one to do so it jumps out particularly these very spontaneous things the first thing you do is get a spontaneous reaction which is probably going to be defensive or you know shut up or something like that so you, you know I'm, so this is kind of but wouldn't don't take it to heart. That's that's the reflex, uh, and then naturally, what's happening after you think, oh dear, that wasn't very good. <laughs> so you get a kind of response to your reflexes, which is also, yeah, uh, and then you really don't want that reflex. But quick things will tend to bring up a reflex, because that's what reflex means: most immediate, quick. And defense is an extremely quick reflex because that's what it's about. You know, rapidly somebody's driving a car towards you, you're not going to go, well, I wonder if how she needs some peace and kindness. You're going to, re- <laughs> you're going to react. <laughs> so, you know, we know these very powerful and immediate reflexes and they're supposed to be there. You know, if a bear jumps on you, don't contemplate it. <laughs> you react 
and that's the, that's probably the best thing you can do. But but you know, with practice and training, you get some sat. The more and more you get into chitta, and you recognise those reflexes, you just and there's a possibility to increasingly, you know, see well actually train it. There's a to there's an even better way, which is first thing you do is find where you are, and then. First thing you do is go into your body. It takes like maybe half a second, maybe a second, and then it's steadying, and that just that puts an anchor on your speech. Maybe you still feel that energy jumping, you know, defensive energy jumps. That's okay. That's good. You just don't need the speech. So just you feel that jump, hardened, defensive. Okay. Okay. And then nothing to regret. So see if you can just catch the verbal mechanism. That would be my recommend. Don't don't expect to, the reflex to go away. But it can be the case that over time, you may in fact find some of those some reflexes will begin to die out because you haven't spoken about them. Like the more you go from the immediate bodily reflex, which is built in, heart reflex, and you go to the mental verbal reflex, if those keep lining up, it sustains itself. If you manage to cut off the verbal, and the, well, she's an idiot, she's an idiot, more you can cut that off, it's like the whole process just loses some of its intensity. You can feel that jump, and you just go, oh, chill, relax. Okay, it's over, it's over. I don't need the anger. I don't need the blaming. It's over. So you can get to the point when you, in that cutting off of the mental and verbal proliferation, that is possible. And, uh, and this is the way that these unskillful responses die out you get the immediate sense of what's going on but you don't get the verbal blah, 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 blah. but it takes time and practice to get there time um, someone says um, if they can't get to a center where there's they can't find something that's a bit more authentically embodied. Could they attend Buddhist traditions that practice disembodiment? <laughs> if they can't find something that's a bit more authentically embodied, could they practice disembodiment? Um, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it, it uh, I don't know who, what centres or traditions you're referring to. But I really would not recommend it because there can be a lot of um, fantasy and spiritual fantasy and uh, loss of, like you kind of asked to believe in something, you know, get excited about something and believe in something and you lose your presence 
and you, your presence is kind of no that's just you you should surrender to the guru everything's fine and just be there because he's the cosmic master or something just, then people get get damaged if you lose your presence I'm not talking about a particular technique there's all sorts of techniques you can do oh, okay but the technique should always take you back to what do you feel directly now and it's up to you to know that and then you're being empowered you're being constantly steadied and strengthened you're not being told you should be and you should believe in something or you should have some special lights or sounds or visions stuff like that not that I'm against lights and sounds and visions per se if that's what happens for you but it's got to be what happens for you now embodiment really just means I mean it's not I'm not talking about a deep intense scanning of every quality in your body I'm talking about feeling actually present you know and embodied in that grounded way because that's sanity and anything that isn't like that is risky and one is recommended I would recommend to uh, to not follow that so person's asking um, I mentioned the sutta called the great 40 which is in the middle length sayings number 117 and it, it refers to how um, Samadhi is based upon right view, right effort, and right mindfulness. Um, and it's an interesting sutta, as all of them are. And the person saying, "Is it possible to experience right view, right effort, right mindfulness?" Well, they don't actually ask, but they sense is they're asking for affirmation. Surely, this needs the f- five precepts in order to be steadfast. And I would think so. Yeah. It's not the, not just the precepts. Essentially, it's the quality of um, conscience and concern, hiriotapa, integrity towards others, self-respect and respect for others, a sense of conscience and concern about one's actions. That's right view. And uh, the Buddha says, when your virtue is pure and your view is straight, then you establish sati. So seemingly these are the foundation for sati is your virtue is pure and your view is straight. Then you establish sati. Now sati, mindfulness, of course you can, it's a very common word now, we can have um, uh, various mindfulness teachings and practices uh, become mainstream. But I would like to just suggest there's such a thing as samma-sati. Samma-sati. Samma is translated as right. I would say perhaps fulfilled or full or complete mindfulness or authentic mindfulness. And so uh, mindfulness is the ability to bear something in mind. Now when there's right view, this means what the, the basis of it is uh, aware of the ethical qualities, aware of the energies of the heart and mind and body, and tuning in to establishing primarily a sense of the value 
of right or skillful action, skillful intention, skillful inclination, even without a thought, uh, a word or, a, or or an action, just the quality of holding in mind a sense of the bright, the true, the beautiful, sustaining it, and then with that is there. Then we bring sati into body. Then sati has got a a foundation. Yeah, this isn't just an examination of. This is a feeling that actually there's a sense of, of um, purpose in one's practice that's about purity and uh, um, skillful karma. Because there are such things as wrong mindfulness, there's such a thing as wrong concentration, there's even such a thing as wrong release. I guess it's some kind of cathartic experience. So. You know, what is the what is the samar bit? It means it's, it's covering the wholeness of your life in the world. It's not some esoteric technique that takes you out of contact with your life in the world, which has to be based upon ethics, mutuality to others. I respect others, to others as to myself. That's the fundamental rightness. Um... I hope some of these considerations will help with your other questions because I'm um, running out of time. But I'd just like to very briefly, you'll bear with me. Um, as individuals, we have creative potential, gifts, skills, qualities, and so forth. Do we invite that uniqueness to manifest, our unique particularity to manifest, to flourish in our lives? Yeah, I think it has to. Um, just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like some big ego trip. It's like there's nothing, no one else like you, that's for sure. <laughs> You know, we're all, we're all, nobody looks the same as you, nobody speaks the same as you, and presumably the, the chitta's karma, karmic potentials, are, are different from person to person. Um, if you look at, you know, great teachers, they're all quite distinct characters and different dispositions. I mean, they're all good, but they have different qualities of silence or restraint or humor or warmth or, you know. Um, in a way, but then you're not trying to suggest that uniqueness is coming from some idea of trying to be fantastic or having a special purpose in life. The Dhamma manifests at a transpersonal level. The Dhamma is transpersonal, but it's experienced personally. And it manifests through a personal form. The Dharma is transpersonal, boundless, just good goodness, truth, clarity, so forth. But it's experienced personally or intimately in this being. And the expression that this being makes will come through this being's particular voice, mind states, energies, dispositions now it's not up for us to judge 
I'm so special in some or I've got special mission in life just be authentic and you'll find uh, true truly authentic you'll find this is not just some kind of personality trip it means just the many faceted Dhamma is shining through these different forms and uh, that's what makes it so rich and, and interesting and we can learn because sometimes this particular person she's great but I can't really understand what she's talking about <laughs> but this one I can because we're different and some things work for some people better than others we have to work with this particularity not just to try to be blank and neutral or all the same okay well I'll stop there for today